Hello, everybody. Brian Davis, Construction Solutions Manager here at Tormont Cat. Been with Tormont for over 13 years, and prior to that, I grew up in my family's business in the Toronto area. So I've been around heavy equipment my whole life. You might say I bleed yellow. Love dirt, love moving dirt. So I'm here today with my colleague, Dan Martin, to talk about innovation and technology and how it can help customers manage their business. I've worked with Dan for a number of years here at Tormont, and he's taught me quite a bit when it comes to machine connectivity. So Dan, welcome. Glad you could join me today. Thanks very much, Brian. And it's amazing I was able to teach you anything over these last uh, 13, 15 years that we've been together. But, uh, <laughs> well, I guess an introduction for myself. I've been with uh, Toromont since uh, 2006, so knocking on 15 years now. I'm looking after the uh, connectivity and condition monitoring teams here at, uh, at Toromont. And uh, when I first started, we had about 200, 300 connected assets. And now we're uh, just over 30,000 uh, connected machines. Holy man, that's a lot. Quite a growth curve over the last uh, few years, and it's uh, growing exponentially as we speak. Welcome to the Building Tomorrow podcast, where we dig deep into the Eastern Canada construction industry. With Tormont Cat specialists, we discuss heavy equipment, industry trends, and challenges affecting your business. All right. So Dan, you know, uh, we talk a lot about connectivity, but really what's it all mean? What benefits do customers get for getting connected? Yeah, there's lots of layers to uh, to connectivity. And I think yep. five main buckets that we would put things into. So really what we're all about is trying to achieve the lowest lifecycle ownership costs. Yeah. We, we do that by making sure that machines are available. Yep. There's no surprises that the machine's not gonna start or <laughs> stop working when you need it. <laughs> and when they are working, uh, we achieve the highest productivity, moving the most amount of dirt, you know, as little time as possible. Yeah. Those are sort of the three main buckets. And the other ones that kind of get overlooked a little bit are just as important as anything is uh, operator safety. And uh, even not just the operators, but the people around them as well. Sounds like a lot of good buckets there. Yeah. From an ex-owning standpoint, obviously cost reduction, huge. Yep. You know, safety is always a big bucket. And of course, productivity. You know, you got you to gotta be efficient in today's yeah, world. Sure. There's no margin for error. Absolutely. And I know the last thing that we, uh, we also talk about more and more these days is uh, environmental impact. So we want to leave yeah. Earth a better place than when we uh, started and uh, trying to reduce you know, emissions. Talking about emissions, one of the things that I talk to with customers all the time is, is looking at their idle time. We see some machines out there with staggering idle time, 50 to 60%. Ludicrous, right? right. I remember giving a presentation a couple of years ago to a fairly good sized contractor and just showed them what a 10% reduction in idle time on their heavy fleet only could mean to the bottom line. Yeah. And you know, over a five year period, like it was about a million dollars in cash in their pocket just to <laughs> just to reduce the idle time by 10%. It's crazy. The owner just about fell off his chair and kind of looked around the room and said, huh, we got to take a look at this. You yeah, know? I totally get that. A lot of times people don't know how much machines are idling, right? You don't know until you have that data staring you in the face. You know, you have an excavator sitting around idling half the day, right? Being able to monitor it is the first step in the battle. Getting uh, your operators in line to be able to uh, follow that plan is the other it thing. It seems staggering. And I know you and your team put together some research on this. Yeah. Fuel's only part of the story, right? Absolutely. The overall ownership cost of that machine, it's like an excavator, for example, right? You're going to keep it in their fleet for 10,000 hours. So if you're idling 50% of the time, that's 5,000 hours of unnecessary runtime. crazy. It's just crazy. So everybody thinks of the fuel first off that you're wasting. But, you know, if you're following a 500-hour maintenance schedule, that's like 10 maintenance... 10 unnecessary year. oil changes. That's right. And it's, and it's not just oil either, right? You know, you got uh, a lot yep. of other things you got to touch on when that machine's running. So maintenance is definitely a big factor in there. Yep. And the biggest one is depreciation. Yeah, you know, think of when you go to sell that machine. You've got one tractor that's got 
5,000 hours on it and the other one's got 10,000 hours on it, right? There's a big savings there yeah. when it goes across the auction block or you sell it privately, right? Similar to like a car, you know, you got a five-year-old car with 100,000 kilometers on it versus a car, a five-year-old car that's got 200,000 kilometers on exactly. it. Exactly. It's amazing. You know, that engine's just sitting there turning over. Right. You're just basically pouring cash down right. the drain. So, you know, we talked a lot about uh, the idle time side of it, Dan, and monitoring your fleet, but I got to think that, you know, there's a lot more advantages to being connected to your equipment. You sure. Know? So another really popular use of uh, monitoring your equipment would be for uh, either operator behavior or for maintenance planning. And uh, you can do that through monitoring fault codes. Yep. You know, if an operator has... Uh, let's say transmission abuse events, right? That's a good example, right? Yep. So you can easily see those kinds of events pop up uh, in real time on your uh, on your dashboard or even get the alert through to your phone, yep. especially if you have uh, new operators or operators are switching between machines. There's going to be a certain level of comfort from one machine to the next, and maybe they don't know all the ins and outs of running a machine. So so these could be like abuse things or they could be just warnings, right? Like an overheat or yeah, something Yeah, totally. Like that. Yep. And I'm sure from your experience, Brian, you've probably seen a few, uh, few stories in the field. Yeah. <laughs> I remember a customer, you know, bought a fleet of articulated trucks and they were getting a fault code across the dashboard repeatedly on the one yep. truck. And obviously fault code, what is it? Everybody freaks out. So we dig into it and find out what it is. It ended up being a, a harsh yep. shift. Uh, the operator was going from forward to reverse without stopping. Uh, not necessarily a great thing to do, especially when you're loaded with a pile of dirt in the back. <laughs> 40 tons of rock in the back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, the, 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 the customer was, was appreciative to understand then what the fault code was, and they used that as the opportunity to go and coach the operator and say, hey, you know what? Right. You're doing this wrong. You need to make sure the truck stops before you fire it into reverse. Right. Ultimately, you know, by getting that fault code, digging into it and, and using it as a coaching opportunity, save themselves a pile of money on a powertrain rebuild down the road when right. after a while, things are going to grenade they're going to blow up and that's never a good thing no no i know and i think when we launched uh, the tier four final machines uh, another really popular or not say popular but not just the wrong word tier four uh, vinyl is not popular Dan. <laughs> another another common occurrence would be uh the emergency shutdown right so uh, yes. uh, for those that aren't familiar tier four final machine you got off and then you got emergency off yeah. a lot of people yeah. aren't familiar with the cool down process that happens and they hear the engine running and so they keep turning the switch and they go right to the emergency off yeah. And that throws a fault code every time. And it's for good reason, right? You don't want to be uh, shutting down those uh, those turbos while they're screaming hot and <laughs> yeah. Yeah, preventing the cool down cycle and getting a lot of death back in the tank and stuff. So and if I'm correct on this, Dan, that's still the most common fault code we see, correct? It still is. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. we got more coaching to do then. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a whole, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> Um, what about like managing yep. fleets? I would think as a as a oh, fleet great. manager, you know, being able to keep an eye on things has got to be a major upside. I know from experience, uh, yep. you know, foremen, uh, superintendents, they can be very good at hiding machines. <laughs> somebody needs this machine on this side of town, and somebody needs the uh, same machine on the yep. other side of town. But you know, the first guy's not letting it up because he's using it. Oh yeah. Then I go and rent a machine from a rental company. And then I look at my dashboard and realize that machine hasn't moved in three weeks. <laughs> That's painful. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Your connectivity means a lot of things to different people, right? If you are a single owner operator of the machine, you pretty much know where that machine is because you're sitting in it. Hopefully. <laughs> it hope all so, depends right? on what you did Sunday night, right? Monday morning can be a little difficult. <laughs> uh, you know, I've worked with a lot of customers that started off with that single machine, and now they've got 
10, 15, 20 machines, and it becomes really unmanageable if you don't know where everybody is. Uh, all of those kind of utilization things that you want to keep track of, those are you know, really easy to do with uh, with connectivity. Say 30-ton excavators, right? And you know you've got one out on rent. We can include any of our rental machines in your fleet so you can see the whole picture together. You know, again, we had a, a customer who had some operators complaining about fuel burn on machines at one point. And uh, yep. so the fleet operations uh, manager was asking, you know, is there any way we can have a look at what's going on here? Sure. We, you know, so we did some very simple fuel burn report and showed that, you know, in actual fact, the operators were claiming they were running 13 hours a day. <laughs> they did one day. Most days was 10. And uh, at the end of the shift, the fuel tanks were well over half full. You know, the fuel burn that they were reporting back to the office was not exactly real life. Mm -hmm. And then, of sure. course, the next step was the operations manager's like, where do I get this information? <laughs> I need this. Yeah, it's pretty amazing what you can see, yeah. here, at least for the geeks like me, right? I love that stuff. <laughs> but I mean, it keeps track of every in, every time the injectors fired it. Uh, it's down to the milliliter. It's crazy how uh, how accurate that, uh, that fuel information is. So, you know, fuel is getting expensive. It's not the 50 cents a liter, right? Yeah. You know, knowing to the penny how much fuel you burned on the last job to move the same amount of dirt is really helpful in putting together your bid for the next job. Because yeah, there's no margin for error. You yeah. you have a rounding error, you will lose the bid. It's 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 pretty crazy and it's pretty tight bidding out there. Yeah, for sure. We know that connectivity is growing. You said when you started with Tormont, there was 200 assets and now we're north of 30,000. <laughs> like all the rest of the technology in our world, I don't think it's going away until you know the robots take <laughs> over and, and annihilate us all. But when, when customers look at connectivity and they think about you know what kind of values can we realize you know what kind of tip yep. do they need to know off the hand like you said the one guy started with one machine yep. and we have other customers out there that have hundreds of machines scattered over multiple sure. provinces right yeah absolutely and, and there's a lot of people that are just starting to get into it right so oh, for sure my biggest advice to any any customer who's just sort of starting their journey with getting their fleet connected is you know don't boil the ocean right what you need today is maybe not what you need two years from now for don't sure. cripple yourself by limiting what kind of data you can get off a machine and I, I say that because there are devices that are you know very affordable just give you hours and location only and I mean, we can pull that on anything <laughs> from a, a pump to a light stand oh yeah you may not need that data today but having that historical record two years down the road that can be really useful information for you right I, I would just say start with the basics you know if you just need hours and location today great uh, don't limit the device that you put on there to only that information because you're probably going to need more yeah uh, it, it, very quickly oh yeah and then they want more immediately right so right i look at this stuff today and i think back you know to to my family's business and when i was a kid my father would hand me a, a big pile of scratched out notes yeah. and that was before the days of computers and personal laptops and stuff like that so it was all handwritten you know i used to write them all out we were doing that well over 30 years ago and this is the stuff that's instantaneously available today yeah it seems daunting. It seems like, holy crap, there's all this yep. stuff out there. Like you talk about 200 data points a second. Like <laughs> the reality of it is if you're just getting into this, the, the advice I always say, you know what? You eat an elephant one bite at a time. Yeah. So start slow, start into it, dip your toe, and then work your way up, right? Yep. You know, we were talking about it growing, right, Dan? What other things, you know, can we can we talk about in terms of this connectivity space? Yeah, so on the high end, of course, we've got some mining customers in particular that have uh, local Wi-Fi networks that the machines are communicating over, and you can get 250 data points a second off of those machines. Holy man. Um, in real time, right? So they can monitor their productivity or even monitor things before they become fault codes. Right. It's amazing how many things 
things we're connecting on job sites anymore. You know, it used to be that our connected assets were 100% cat. Now, I would be surprised if 60% of our connected assets are, are cat. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. So you're connecting all the other manufacturers, and then you also mentioned things like light plants. And yeah. we can even connect buckets now, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and even uh, machines are starting to get smarter to even know what bucket is attached to them. Not yeah. everything needs to have a, a cellular data plan, but maybe a Bluetooth device is uh, appropriate. Yeah. You know, we have customers connecting up their portable toilets on job sites. <laughs> oh, wow. And I had a good laugh at that because I thought, you know, who's stealing toilets? <laughs> who's the guy looking at the maintenance schedule on the toilets? That's right. And it's a dirty job, but somebody's <laughs> going to do it, right? So their whole plan was they connected up their toilets. And uh, when those two things are together, when you got a toilet in range of the truck, it says, hey, it was serviced at this date and time. Wow. You know, one of the things that I, I get told by customers all the time, mm -hmm. you know, they're like, you know, make it easy for me. I don't want to go looking. I don't want to go hunting. I just want to yep. click a button. Boom. I want the information. Yeah, that's a good point, right? We've got big customers, you know, hundreds of employees, and they have people that load up the screen and watch it all day long. And then we've got smaller uh, guys that are uh, right. they're out there busy working all day long, right? And they still want to be able to uh, review what's up with their fleet. And maybe they want to get a uh, alert in their pocket when something abnormal is happening. Six o'clock, if you start your day with your right. bowl of Cheerios and a coffee and uh, you want to review what your fleet was up to yesterday, you get a report in your inbox <laughs> of uh, what everybody was doing the day before. So you got stuff that's just, you know, once a day, kind of twice a day, and then you've got all the way up to pretty nearly breadcrumb trail, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I got to assume that there's all different levels of, of uh, costs sure. associated with... <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, and that's another arrow of progress. I mean, connecting a machine today is literally 10 times cheaper than it was 10, 10 years ago, right? It's, uh, wow. it's crazy how much it's dropped, and I'm sure that trend is going to keep going. Oh, yeah. You know, we are in kind of a unique place. Uh, I'm very fortunate to work for, for Toromont in that, uh, you know, we have other ways of recruiting, uh, recovering revenue than selling subscriptions, right? So right. we have packages that cost nothing, right? We have no no subscription fee. Sure. But uh, when working with mixed fleets, and that's a big reason why our numbers have, have changed so dramatically over the years, we don't have to live and die by subscription fees, right? We, uh, we make our packages very affordable for uh, connecting up the fleet because it's a it's a means to the end, right? We don't want to have connectivity as a barrier to getting all of this great information out of your fleet, right? And the, the timeliness of delivering this information to customers. Yep. I remember listening to mm -hmm. one of our other colleagues talking about a, a guy getting information about, you know, he's got a problem with his excavator and yeah. we get an oil pressure problem and the guy's on the phone with the, you know, technical support that <laughs> just called him to tell him about the oil pressure problem. And he goes, yeah, I know I'm kind of covered in oil and I got 20 <laughs> trucks waiting to get loaded so i've got more of a blood pressure problem right now and he laughed it off and he was a pretty good sport about it but you know it's one of those things where sure. well we didn't get there just in time yeah i know of another customer that you know mm -hmm. got a bad sample on an engine and got a call in the field to say hey you know what that engine is showing signs of, of problems you may want to shut it down and he's like ah yeah that's why there's a hole in the block the uh, piston just flew out of it you know uh, but, it, you know, it was an example of where timeliness of information can really help a customer out. For sure. Of course, we like to say the meat in the seat is always the first uh, first person to react, right? The guy, if he's sitting through an audible alarm, yeah. he's got to be responsible ultimately, or she has got to be responsible to shut down that machine in a safe manner, right? And uh, and go and inspect what's wrong, right? Yeah. Maybe it takes me a minute to go and tell you about it, but you're not going to run that machine for a minute. <laughs> 
<laughs> with no oil in it. Odds are the operator's already gotten the alarm in the cab and the light's flashing, so they should be shutting it yeah, off as it is already. Exactly. Right? Every job site, every machine requires a pre-start inspection, right? That's one of the things the ministry looks for, and the first thing they audit when they walk onto a job site. Yep. When was the last time it was inspected, and so on. Yep. And they want to see that proof, and it's for good reason. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, a, it's the same reason why fire trucks get washed every day. It's not because they're getting yep. dirty every day. It's because they're looking for leaks and things that could be a problem down the road. Yeah. No magic wizardry required. You don't have to install anything on the machine. It's funny when you say magic wizardry, you know, like <laughs> customers think, oh, I've got this uh, data box hooked up to my machine. It's going to give me stuff on my computer. Voila, my business is instantly going to run smoother. I'm going to make more money. That's right. There's a pitfall there, right? we got to be a little more careful there. Yeah, you kind of have to approach it with a strategy. Yeah. you got to really focus in on something. So like idle time is a great one to start with. Sure. And you don't have to go from 50% idle time to 10% idle time overnight. We have lots of customers trying to get to 20% idle time, and that's a great milestone to hit. You're cool. saving a lot of uh, unplanned maintenance. Yep. Thing. Maybe your next thing is uh, operator performance or machine overloaded events or something like that. You can kind of work on a campaign. Yeah. Just work it in there. Excellent. Yeah. So, I mean, connecting your machine is not a magic wand, right? You know, you can connect it up, you get tons of data flowing in, but it's not going to run your business for you. Yeah. It's like anything, right? Information is power, but what you do with that information right. is the powerful part. Yeah. We're also finding that there's quite a few customers that uh, find information overload, right? If they're doing a really good job, sure. they're doing inspections, all that stuff. There's a lot of stuff that piles up uh, in a day. So sure. we, we have another... Uh, sort of Skunk Works team in uh, in Tarmont. It's a group of condition monitoring analysts. Cool. That's our whole mission in life is just to uh, weed out the uh, the noise and uh, focus on the things that you really need to take action on. That's what I like. Make my life easier. <laughs> Sweet. All right, Dan. So if we look down the road, yep. you know, the way things are changing now, should we look more than five months down the road? Yep. But let's go bold, right? Let's go five years, 10 years down the road. You know, I know in the in the equipment space, like yep. we're very heavily into now the, the remote control space. Right. Obviously, the next big thing in machines is, is autonomy yep. or have an operator doing something different, you know, and the machine doing things by itself. Right. Flip that into the into the telematics space. What, what oh, are your yeah. thoughts? Well, it's amazing how this the pace of this stuff is just accelerating. Yep. Data trickles down to um, the more consumer grade stuff. Sure. But, yeah, the remote control capabilities, we're going to see a lot more of that uh, in the future, yep. especially as operators are hard to get, right? It's easier for a machine for a factory to build a machine than it is for us to clone operators. So sure. I think every new mining proposal we've seen has had some level of autonomy. Yep. People are used to their Teslas roaming around with getting uh, firmware updates. Well, it's no different in the construction space as well. And you can do that you know, from your couch at nine o'clock at night if you wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting back, watching the hockey game, having a beer. Oh, I got to update my machines. <laughs> Better put the right software in the right unit. I don't want my dozer, you know, trying to go dig like an excavator. Uh, it could be a problem. So I guess, you know, the, the message, don't handicap yourself today yep. by, you know, saying, oh, I don't need any of that. That's right. Down the road. Where's your business going to go in a few years? Yep. Look at the last 18 months. You know, there was this little thing that kind of hit the world by storm. <laughs> Look at how companies have had to, you know, use the word pivot and try and maintain their business activities by doing things remotely and sure. you gotta obviously protect your investment and and look to the future oh yeah no doubt uh, just as we're trying to keep tabs of everybody working from home these days you want to be able to make sure your your machines are working well out in the field as well Awesome. Well, I think we've uh, we've kicked the connectivity can down the road pretty good here, Dan. <laughs> Hopefully our listeners get something out of it. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Building Tomorrow podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Please be sure to subscribe so that you can join us again. 
For more info and tips from our specialists, check out our website and the Building Tomorrow blog. See you next month.